Hi, I'm Bentley. And I'm Samuel. And this is the Re-View Podcast. Podcast. Well, I should say I'm Lloyd, actually. (laughs) I've spent my whole life aspiring to be Lloyd Dobler. My theory about the John Cusack romantic comedies is that there are three of them that really fit together. And although the characters have different names, they're really all Lloyd Dobler. And if you want to watch them chronologically, in the life of Lloyd Dobler, they are this. You would watch John Cusack in the movie Say Anything, which mm-hmm. is Lloyd Dobler, really Lloyd Dobler, coming off of his last week in high school and then the summer after. And it's a fantastic movie. Every Gen Xer knows about it, if not, you know, loves it, has seen it multiple times. It's absolutely in the canon. But I'm making a pitch now for John Cusack really is kind of the Cary Grant of the Gen Xers. Of my generation, you can't name somebody else who has such a body of work that shows, you know, our, a a white male character who has carried into adulthood this same kind of persona that still resonates with us, right? In an earlier generation, it was Cary Grant. Cary Grant was this towering romantic lead that all men wanted to be like. And he aged very well, and he kept carrying that persona over decades. I think Kuzak's done the same thing. But it's more than Say Anything. So after Say Anything, you would then watch Lloyd Dobler Tries College, which is actually the movie The Sure Thing, directed by Rob Reiner. It's the next thing he does after This is Spinal Tap. And it's actually a bit of a riff on an earlier romantic comedy starring Clark Gable. It Happened One Night is a classic black-and-white romantic comedy that's kind of a road trip about people who who are fighting, right? The man and the woman don't really get along. And they redo this in the 80s as The Sure Thing, starring, well, really, Lloyd Dobler. You can just call him that character because he sets up and say anything that he doesn't really want to go to college, but it's pretty easy to read the sure thing is, eh, okay, I'll try college. And it's his first semester at college, and it's hilarious. Well, and he's also not doing well in college, so it supports the earlier details of him not being a great student, him not really having his heart in college, and him being far more concerned with women. Right. And then you get Gross Point Blank, which is Lloyd Dobler coming back to his high school reunion after finding a different line of work. Like, he didn't go through college. He joined the army and found out that he had a certain sort of moral framework that uh, the military found very interesting. Mm-hmm. And now he's an assassin for hire. <laughs> And, and, but these are a cohesive character. John Cusack is playing John Cusack. If you really want to even boil it down to Lloyd, you know, he's not playing Lloyd W, he's playing John Cusack throughout the stages of his, his life. And, and. Well, he's done interesting stuff. I want to, I want to stick up for him as an actor. He's one of my favorites. I aspire to be this character, Lloyd Dobler. I think he's a part of my generation that's really important. Um, so Kuzak's done other stuff. You know, no, he's no, no. done disaster he's... movies. He's done a Stephen King story. No, no, um, absolutely. He's, but he's done some interesting stuff. Boy, I, th- I tried to watch him playing Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> that but was pretty I think bad. The cultural space that he occupies in our society, I, I think, is this Lloyd is, Dobler. Yeah, this, this is, is what people think of when they think of a John Cusack movie. And I would add, so one thing that's kind of funny is he tried to make an anti-George W. Bush movie called War, Inc. That's almost like the fourth part of this Lloyd Dobler arc. It's really that assassin character a couple years later, like being a 
you know, an uh, arms dealer. An arms dealer, except it's really bad. So in my uh, language, you've heard me talk about kind of the boiling point between worthwhile art and dreck. It is pretty far below the boiling point, but you can see the boiling point from where they are. You can see that they were like, hey, now we're going to have this character do this. And they even make some references, you know, that he's come from this kind of CIA background, except that it's just off enough that it doesn't come anywhere near the boiling point. So War Inc. is terrible, but, but there are two others that I would include. They don't quite fit with the perfect trilogy. The perfect trilogy timeline that I've laid out with those movies, right? I think you want to watch Say Anything, then The Sure Thing, then Gross Point Blank. And this podcast is about those three movies. Those three movies. But this same character really shows up in uh, Serendipity, right? Which is him struggling with the idea of marriage. Uh, it's set in New York City. Uh, I love it because it includes his real-life friend, Jeremy Piven, who shows up in some of these other movies. He's like this loser guy who breaks into a rap song outside the gas and sip on a Saturday night in Say Anything. But Jeremy Piven, who, of course, uh, came to most people's attention in the TV show Entourage, but he actually shows up in a whole bunch of these movies. He plays a real estate guy in Gross Point Blank. And that's all because he and Kuzak are friends in real life. So he actually is a very funny, funny part of Serendipity. He plays an obit writer for the New York Times, and he gets the great closing uh, montage that sums up the meaning of the movie. Really a, a favorite of mine, but it doesn't quite fit the Lloyd Dobler trilogy. My fourth piece of this you know, trilogy, or, or the addendum, the epilogue to the trilogy that I choose and point to is... High Fidelity. Lloyd Dobler as small businessman. Yeah, as a record store owner, as someone who's dealing with a recent breakup of someone who he loved very deeply and whose love was reciprocated in his eyes, but things have changed. She's moved on. And he now has to reconstruct the pieces of his life because he was so intermixed with her that now he has to go back and reorganize his music collection, autobiographical order, to find his identity again. It's really a movie about when you break up with someone and you've given them so much, you have to go back and find who you are again without that person. And he's not good at it. He's pretty bad at it. He's calling her in the middle of the night. He's trying to get her attention by throwing stuff at her window. Yeah. He's doing the same say-anything tactics. But they don't work. But he's an adult now. Yeah, and it's adult, not so cute anymore. No, the adult world is very different. And I think the danger of Lloyd Dobler is also thinking that, you know, Lloyd, he, he doesn't advance by leaps and bounds. He, no. he He really, it's more like fits and starts, you know. He, he'll gain a little bit of insight and then do something a little bit worse. And it's 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 a juggling act. And, you know, to be fair, that's what a lot of, Life is. Sometimes Life is, you yeah. take, uh, and you don't see this in movies very rarely, but if you watch the whole Lloyd Dobler trilogy and consider this in your head as one character, sometimes he takes the wrong lesson away from something. Yes, that's you know? right. He goes back to his prior experience, and that's not what you were supposed to be doing. And, and it's, well, it's, it, it's also really interesting, uh, since you're listening to this podcast about pop culture, 
you know, High Fidelity is all about how he uses pop culture to filter his experience, mm-hmm. right? It's all about top ten lists and an obsessive evaluation of music and groups. And so, you know, it's a formative document for Gen X white guy geeks like myself. Yeah. It is absolutely us talking to ourselves. Yep. But anyway, let's get back to the trilogy. Well, no, I, I, I do want to shout out to, if you've watched High Fidelity, um, you know, do yourself a favor and go read the Nick Hornby book that it's based on, right? Hornby's done some really hilarious books. You know, some of his movies have been quite successful. About a Boy is also based on a Hornby book. Uh, that one's starring Hugh Grant. So there's a reason why High Fidelity continues to be watched and rewatched. I thought it was really cool when I got a job at Kenyon College, you know, a year and a half ago, that it was one of the first movies that I saw your generation showing itself, right? There's a film club on campus of millennials checking out High Fidelity. It's nothing but a Gen X movie, but I was so happy to see that they were watching it. Yeah, but back back to the trilogy. Okay. We're we're really getting off of that. Well, I so but no, we're not off of it because that point, I think, is really where I want you to speak because this stuff is in my marrow. Right, this, Lloyd Dobler is in my bloodstream. I have, through all my highs and lows, checked myself against this aspirational character, this piece of fiction, this actor that I really like as an actor. I read all the interviews that he does. He's very smart. I like the stuff that he says about his craft, and I like what he puts on the screen. So he's a big, big deal to me. I shared some of it with you, but of course, there's nothing that guarantees that just because I love it, it will mean anything to you. Yeah, I don't see Lloyd as, a, as an aspirational figure. I, I think right. his art is very potent. I do love these films that constitute this trilogy. But for me, you know, he's he seems to, to fail upwards a lot. <laughs> he seems to kind of... He, he has a, a, a movie magic about him that, you know, in my experience, standing outside the girl's house in the rain with the boombox doesn't work. I've tried that mm. similarly and when I see that scene I notice that she doesn't open the window. She does not open the window, which is really interesting. That's one of the things that we're trying to do in this podcast is get you to think again about things that you think you know, right? Yep. So there are t-shirts of Lloyd holding up the boombox. That's the iconic image when I tell you uh, say anything is one of my favorite movies. But if you get into the guts and the details of the story, you've got to know it doesn't work. She hears it and she turns over. She doesn't even go to the window. No. Nope. She doesn't even look out the window. She knows he's there, but she's still closing him off, which I think is actually what makes it a great story, that it doesn't work. Except that, of course, by the end of the movie, it does work. So well, it's, it's a piece of the reason that his eventual romance with her does work. Well, let me tell you, I've watched these movies a bunch, and Say Anything has helped me through some dark times, and the other piece of reality on the other side of the boombox is, remember, the reason she goes back to him is because she needs something. He's doing his art, which is kickboxing, sport of the future, maybe you've heard of it, and he's working... What do we like? Pain! Work that bag, work that bag, work that bag. And he's working out with a the guy. They're actually sparring, you know, it's dangerous, and she comes back to the door after he's kind of mentally put up a barrier, like, okay, I think he says literally when he's talking to her answering machine, you know, like, you know what, seventh call is where I draw the line. 
Yeah. Seventh unanswered call. I'm not going to call anymore. So he's back to his art. He's doing his kickboxing. She comes to the door of his workout gym and calls out his name. He turns his head because she's inside of him, even though there's the wall, and he gets nailed. He gets his nose broken. So he's now up against the wall with ice on his face. She's pouring out her need. She has need. Something has happened dramatically to her. And he says, one question. Did you come here because you needed me or because you needed someone? Mm -hmm. And she sort of pauses. She doesn't quite have an answer for him. And he says, it doesn't matter. That's really harsh reality. That is the decision that every couple has to figure out for themselves. It's really a hard, hard question to answer. See, for me, in my life, where I am at this moment, 2017, it does matter. Like, it, he says it doesn't matter. To me, it would matter. Yeah, of I'm course. I'm not him. Of course. I have a different... He's a fictional character. I'm a real person. His experiences are different than my experiences. You know, it, it, it can't, you can't fill, it can't just be the putty of a person to fill the spaces in your heart. It needs to be somebody, in my mind, somebody specific. Right. So know? here's the problem with romantic comedies broadly and even most of the Lloyd Dollar trilogy, and that is even though there are these moments of reality, some of them, it's, it just ends up the same way. With Like, serendipity ends not necessarily because the two characters have resolved their problems, but they just show up at the same ice skating rink as the snow starts to fall. And it's so pretty, and it's just like every other romantic comedy where they get together and kiss when in the rain, or they run through the airport, and it doesn't talk about all the hard work that happens after that. Yeah. Now, there are a couple of these Lloyd Dobler movies where it is complicated and messy and they reflect that. So the sure thing ends with the kiss at the last minute that solves all the problems. So that's not a, a good realistic example, right? It is, it is a false promise that if you can just get to the kiss, everything will be solved. And that's Hollywood's message. And I'm always looking for something more than that. But you know what? For comfort food, I watch the good ones that still end in the kiss, right? So the sure thing ends with the simple kiss, doesn't solve the problems. Say Anything is a little more complicated where it ends that they're off on a big adventure. The movie literally ends with uncertainty, right? They're together, but they have to figure out how to be together without the parents around. They're literally becoming grown-ups, and it's complicated, and you're not quite sure how it's going to end. That's pretty cool. Being grown-ups is messy It's messy. Hard. Gross Point Blank unfortunately ends with the kiss happy ending, not complicated. Uh, Serendipity ends, uh, kiss in the snow, not complicated. But High Fidelity is all about after the kiss. What I like about High Fidelity is, as you mentioned, it's a breakup movie. Like all of that other stuff has happened. Yep. And they had the kiss and they got together and that's great. Except then, living as a couple together under one roof didn't work for them. No. And he's got to sort of figure it out. And by the end of that movie... They're sort of like, okay, well, we got to figure this out, but we actually don't have the answers, but we want to work on them together, so I guess we're going to be together, but there's no happy ending. Yeah, the resolution is we need to work towards a we resolution. We need to work towards a resolution, and that is life, which may yeah. be why out of these five movies, it's your favorite. It is. Uh, certainly at this moment in time, it's, it's you know, <laughs> the the say anything thing, I you know, I have, I have done 
crazy, stupid, dangerous things to win the affection of women. And, you know, I just, I see the boombox scene and I see something that I hope and pray that I have moved beyond, that I... Well, I... I've read cultural uh, essays where uh, women of your generation, yeah. you're right, uh, millennials are like, um, dude, that's really stalkery. Yeah, right? he's you know, really like, creepy. You, that's creepy behavior. He's being a straight white boy about it. He can't yeah. handle his yeah. pain, so he's going to share his pain with you. It's kind of yes. a guilt move. Yes. The boombox is a guilt move. And I have tried <laughs> it my damnedest, my damnedest to not guilt people my pain is my pain. Nobody owes me over my feelings. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm allowed to be over here in my corner. As long as I'm not bothering anyone, I do get to have my feelings. Of course you get to have your pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm worried about sometimes in my generation, I feel like I get the message like, okay, well, now you need to get over it. Now you need to... Right. This has been concluded conclusively. This relationship has ended and now you need to move on to the next thing, move on to the next girl, or, uh, you know, not talk to that person anymore, or be friends with them, and you just need to get to that next thing. And it's like... No, do I get I... to do James Kirk now? Do I get to do Star Trek V? Yeah. Please, 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 please. Yeah, please. yeah, yeah. That's my favorite scene uh, almost in any movie where, you know, in Star Trek V, there's the goofy new age shaman who's going to take away everybody's pain, and Kirk goes, what? You're going to tell me I should turn left when I should turn right? You're going to take away my pain? I need my pain! Yeah. Right? No, it's, that it's, pain is part of who we are. You can't erase it. Yeah. You have to carry it forward. And you don't have to share it with everyone. But you are allowed to have it. Yeah, you are allowed absolutely. to possess it. Absolutely. You know, it's, you know people, we have this weird focus in our culture, and I think, I think this is something that I worry about with the Lloyd Dobler trilogy, is that we prize people's ability to not change. We really like... You know, it's like no, that's, uh, Lloyd I, changes in the trilogy. He does. He does. He changes. Um, um, but you know, you have that song, the the stupid uh, Forever Young song. I hate that thing. Oh, the Dylan one. All of the whatever the Forever Young thing is. I hope you stay forever yeah. young. Yeah, yeah. Hate that. I don't want I, that. I, I agree. I want to grow old. And change and evolve, and I'm yes. always excited for what the next version of Samuel is. Yes, I agree. Uh, having hit 50, I am very happy to be here and not pretending like I'm still 19. When mm-hmm. I see people of my generation who are still desperately trying to be you know, 20, 25, I feel sorry for them. There needs to be progress. There needs to be that maturity. Um, and unfortunately, we live in a culture that prizes youth so much that everybody's desperate to stay 25. It's really, really kind of creepy. So I do like, when I talk about the Lloyd Dobler trilogy to my friends and introduce that idea, it is absolutely because he does move. You know, he's high school, then he's college, then he's 10 years out of college, and then, you know, the high fidelity is indeterminate. Um, I'd say 40s. Yeah, he's 30s, I think, probably. Yeah, in high fidelity, he's he's in his 30s. So there there is some of that uh, wrinkle right he's picking up wrinkles he's picking up history i mean literally in high fidelity he goes back and interviews like his top 5 ex-girlfriends okay <laughs> so lloyd dobler in high school doesn't get to do that he's such a geek he's he doesn't really date when you first meet that character on the timeline in say anything you get no sense that he's had any kind of past relationship right he is literally trying to get together with somebody in another tribe of his high school who's considered unattainable. I mean, so 
I love that your generation is looking harshly at some of this stuff, like, you know, the, the boombox thing, like, dude, that's a little stalkery. I agree with that politically, but I'm still going to hold on to him as a high schooler trying some of those things. Because you know what? By the time he is in Gross Point Blank, he's not that guy anymore. Yeah, he wouldn't stand outside with the boombox anymore. No. Now, he does try to meet somebody that he knew in high school that he wants to get back with, but you can see he's like, he's jumpy. He's literally twitchy about it because he's very nervous. And when, and she literally says back to him, you're a fucking psycho, yeah. right? <laughs> she says it to him and, and he can sort of take that and still come back as a functioning adult, right? Like he gets confronted with the stalkery complaint. Yeah. But is able to deal with it. So to me, that's a great maturation of the character. Yeah. When you're confronted with your own hypocrisy, when someone yeah. calls you on your failings as a person, uh, whether that's in fiction, in real life, you know, if it happens to you or if it happens to a character, that's really the moment where you figure out who you are. Yes. Do you reject their assessment because they don't get to tell you of your hypocrisy or... Do you take that in, internalize it, figure out if it is really a hypocrisy, and and work through it to try and be a better version of yourself? And yep. to be fair, I do see Lloyd Dobler doing that throughout the trilogy. Yeah. I, you know, oh, yeah. I think that happened. I mean, my favorite member of this trilogy, if we're not including High Fidelity, is the sure thing because that's where, you know, it's only a few years removed from where I am in my life. Oh. Um, you know, and. That, that tension in in the road trip and that dogged pursuit of someone who might not even know that you exist mm -hmm. is something that I can identify with, that I have fallen into before. Mm -hmm. You know, and it is... Well, that's why I like Serendipity. Yeah. Serendipity is nothing but two characters. They, they hardly have any screen time together, yeah. right? They do the setup at the beginning of the movie, and then, this is, I think, why it's a great movie... The, the director and the screenplay and the actors carry it forward on two parallel tracks. They never interact. So in that way, it's kind of like Sleepless in Seattle, right? Where the two characters are physically apart from each other until the very end. And it's interesting because it's nothing but imagining what this dream unicorn person might be for you. No, it's... it's Which is, you know, a, a road that often leads in a dead end. Yeah, no, it's... it's <laughs> you can't put people up... Uh, in any kind of relationship, any kind of healthy relationship, you can't put somebody up on a pedestal. So we all have failings, we all have fears, we all have things that, within us, our duality, uh, yeah. the lies that we tell ourselves. And, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I think the faster you're able to get past that initial crush you have on somebody and get closer to, okay, who is this person? Why do I like them? What about them doesn't work? And then you figure, but works with you. But works with you. And then you have to weigh that against the potential harm to yourself. What yep. do they see in you? Yep. You know, it, it's... I, I like the Lloyd Dobler trilogy because Lloyd is... Uh, it, it has that cheap resolution a lot of the time, but Lloyd has very few of the answers at any of these stages. No, and a lot of people will remember that about Say Anything, the, the famous dinner party scene where he's put in front of, you know, uh, her dad... And his dad's kind of lame, you know, middle-aged friends who are asking him, so, Lloyd, what are your plans? And he's like, I haven't figured it out, yeah. right? We love Lloyd because he's honest. I think that's actually one of the defining features of his characteristic. 
which is very different from some of the lead uh, romantic actors of other generations, right? Like, you would not say about Cary Grant, well, he played characters that were honest. Absolutely not! They were completely suave and debonair, and you never knew what was really going on. He was a player. Yeah, no. And Cary I... Grant's a player, but Lloyd is charming in his unpolishedness. Yeah, his, his honesty, and, and that... You know that cuts both ways. When 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 a character as honest as as Lloyd is telling someone that they care very deeply for them, yeah, you know that's the truth. But when he says something hurtful or mean or 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 just screws up, you know that's coming from a place of honesty as well. It's it's a double edged sword, and mm. I think, but I think that's healthier than I'm going to try and pretend to be as perfect to you as I can, which is what right. Cary Grant would do. Which is why I think, you know, a lot of uh, I think some of our modern romantic comedy people have started to do again i mean i've watched some modern romantic comedies i've seen you know romantic movies with people you know uh and it almost seems like duplicity now is is like prized and it's not even like int- really? it's not even like give me an example um ah man i go back to nick and Nora's infinite playlist a lot because oh. i do like that film but there are two characters who are really like a lot of lies, you know, a lot mm. of lies, and and I, I to get what they want. I've not seen it. Well, no, no, the movie is about them both kind of lying to each other and themselves, and then honesty happens after that. Like mm. it starts to break down. The the fronts that they have shown to each other are starting to fray because they go through these tests and trials, yeah. you know. And and as you go through things with other people and crises, mm-hmm. you see how people. People show you who they really are. Right. Well, God, I mean, Matthew McConaughey made uh, ten romantic comedies where he just played that kind of slick dick. Yeah. Right? I mean... Fool's Gold! I remember right. being in the theater watching Fool's Gold right. with you. He, he's nothing yeah, but... Uh, uh, Fool's Gold? He, he's nothing but a player. And then, yeah, at the very end, he sort of gets broken down to be honest. Yeah, no. But and, he's and, not fundamentally honest. He's somebody that, you know, you would warn your daughters away from. Yeah, no. And... and <laughs> But I, and I, it's weird because I feel like a lot of these modern romantic leads are trying to cast themselves in the mold of, of Han Solo. Yes, and absolutely. And the thing about Han is, I don't think with Leia he's ever dishonest. I think he's... Hmm. Really? I don't think he quite... I think he's scared. And I he's, think he's scared. Yes, right. I think he's been traveling throughout the galaxy with him and his dog for however many years... Yeah. And he's been able to lie to other people. Yeah. And when confronted with Leia, he can't lie to her. He can't fool her. He can't fool her. So he just gets pissed. And he yeah. just he just it's We were supposed to do a podcast about something that our female fans would like that wasn't so sci fi geek, and you brought Star Wars back into it. Are you telling me women don't like Han Solo? Samuel! Have I been fed a bill of goods? No, no, of course they do. Oh my god. (laughs) You made it about Star Wars again. Anyway. (laughs) So, but but I like Say Anything at this point in my life. I think the script is very tight. Uh, Out of the three, that's probably. Well, wait a minute, but out of the five, if you had to pick one of those. Five. Oh, it's high fidelity. It's high, it's fidelity. high fidelity. It's unbelievably high fidelity. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. everything else is like fighting for second place. High <laughs> fidelity is like high fidelity is is a lot of that is how I think our brains work. Oh yeah. You know I Excuse have organized. Me, do you do you have a copy of uh, I just called to say I love you? Oh yeah. 
well, can I have it? No. <laughs> like, like it's, it, it makes fun of the people who only engage with pop culture on that surface level. Yeah, and they yeah. know there's more there. That guy who they're making fun of is in a record store. Yeah. Not at the mall. Yeah. Because he thinks he gets music at a record store. Yeah, yeah. But he's not willing to engage with the art other than, yeah. can I have, I just called to say I love you? Like, no, you go to the record store to be confronted, to be oh, challenged. I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> Isn't your daughter brain dead? <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, by the way, High Fidelity also has Jack Black in a star-making role. It's as, his first role. Yeah, as this huge music store clerk douchebag <laughs> who Hollywood would later try and reconfigure into this lovable loser character with stuff like School of Rock. Ugh. But it's like, no, that character at his heart is pretty crappy. He's yeah. he's a pretty bad Jack nasty Black. Dude. That's got to be the closest persona of Jack Black himself. I think. I don't think he's that mean in real life. <laughs> I think he knows that much about music. <laughs> like, oh, you were going to talk about the way you organize music. And it, it's absolutely true. High Fidelity is one of my favorites because I love the curation of the playlist. Yeah. I work on my playlists constantly. Yeah, and I like I look at music and I actually organize my music by date added. iTunes lets me do that. And like I look at, at date added and I can tell you, okay, I bought this song for this reason at this time. Yeah. This is the music I was listening to when I was in Baltimore. This is the music I was listening to yep. uh, Midnight of Spring Break in 2014. And that is a specific reference to something. I mean, this is all... I have music that I'm listening to now that I think will help define this period of my life. And I will continue to do so. And what's really exciting to me is that my memory isn't the best. I, I, I misremember things about pop culture, about people, yeah. about history... Me and my music collection, it, it's never dulled. I can point to a yeah, song. You I pick agree. a song, and I'm like, I agree. I know where I was when I rated that five stars. I know what I was thinking, why yeah. I was thinking it. Yeah. So here's the interesting thing for me, having turned 50, that there really is no Lloyd Dobler movie now. Right? No. I've spent so long looking to this character and re-watching these pieces of art as comfort in dark times and and that's kind of over now. Unless he makes another one of Lloyd Dobler at fifty, those lessons well, from those five you, movies. He? No, he's basically my generation. Really? He's he's me. No, I thought he was it, just a couple of years. Uh, he might be two years or three years okay, older than me. Gotcha. I mean, he, he is the Gen X Cary Grant. I mean, he he's our romantic guy, and and yet you know, uh, in recent years, he's very clear about you know he doesn't want to just keep doing that. Yeah. But it would be very interesting to me. For him to go back to that same persona now at 50, or maybe he'll do it at 60, and see what that looks like. Because at this point, you know, we've lost Lloyd Dobler now. He, at, at most, was like late 30s in these five movies. And so, I'm kind of rudderless now. I, I don't know what to do. I'm beyond the fictional spirit animal yeah. who has carried me for decades. What am I going to do now? Yeah, There's gotta... no... Now I have to figure it out for myself. I think you'll be okay. Um, <laughs> are you saying you didn't like Hot Tub Time Machine? Oh, I did like Hot Tub. That's another podcast. <laughs> really? Hot Tub Time Machine's in the canon now? No, it's not. Okay, but, well. But listen, Samuel asked that we make sure to notify you that just because we're doing the overarching Lloyd, Lloyd Dobler. Dobler trilogy 
doesn't mean we're not going to go back and do a podcast about each and every single one of these classics. For 30 minutes each. Because let me tell you, if you think I can not talk about High Fidelity for 30 minutes, like, oh no, he doesn't have enough time to fill that space, I could do that solo. And it'd be two hours. <laughs> so, with that said, I'm Samuel. And I'm Bentley looking for Lloyd, my buddy. <laughs> looking for Lloyd, there's your autobiography. Looking for Lloyd! We should make a movie where we're looking for Lloyd Dobler. Okay. That's a great idea! Oh my god, let's Kickstarter it, let's go. Alright, so if you're listening to this, our Kickstarter's been posted. No. Looking for Lloyd, looking coming for new, Lloyd. now. Coming, coming, All right. coming now, coming now. Now, 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 now. now. Can we do it now? Anyway, thank you for listening. This has been the Review Podcast. Podcast.